That blonde's a good singer. Might get her the number after this service. She's my wife, if anybody don't know. I've already claimed her. She's, she's off the market. Amen. Let's take our Bibles, turn to the book of Genesis, chapter number chapter number 6. The book of Genesis, chapter number 6, this morning. We're going to continue on in our, uh, our preaching. Um, kind of stumbled on a title. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't my intention. It was, I guess, the Lord's intention to preach um, from the beginning. And now we're uh, in our journey from the beginning, from creation to Adam and Eve, uh, through Enoch last Sunday morning, and today we come to the story of Noah and the flood and God's wrath and anger upon the sinfulness and wickedness that was uh, on the earth at that time. And I do, if, you ever, if you've not been to the Ark Encounter up in Kentucky, you should go. It is really, really put together. It's very interesting. Um, it's wonderful to have a place that you know, like that is our worldview. You go to, and you're going through it, and it, it's it's all put together so well. It's very biblical, and the parts that they're unsure about, they say they're unsure about, which I appreciate. But uh, when you're going through it, you're like, I see. Absolutely, this makes sense. This absolutely, it's big enough. Absolutely, the animals and their number, it would work. So uh, it's really encouraging to your faith. It'd be a good trip for your family. Uh, I recommend you go, um, but we need more of a, a defense for the Bible and the gospel in this age, amen? And it's a good trip to make if you can make it. All right, Genesis chapter number 6. I'm going to take more of a lengthy text. I just want to do some reading so we get the context of what's happening here with the flood. We're going to begin reading at verse number, verse number 5. In Genesis chapter number 6. And we're going to get even into uh, verse chapter number 7 for a few passages. So Genesis chapter 6, verse number 5. If you're there, say amen. 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 The Bible says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man upon the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and of the creeping things and of the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and a perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God, like Enoch. Did you notice that? And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth was also corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupted. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shall pitch it within, without with pitch. 
And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it, it of. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. And a window shalt thou make to the ark, and a cubit shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof with the lower, sec, with the lower second. And the third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. Look at verse number 11 of chapter 7. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened, and the rain was upon the earth forty days and forty nights. And lastly, look at verse 17. And the flood was forty days upon the earth, and the waters increased and bare up the ark, and it was lift up above the earth, and the waters prevailed and were increased greatly upon the earth, and the ark went upon the face of the waters, and the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth, and on the high hills that were under the whole heaven were covered. Fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail, and the mountains were covered. And all flesh died that moved upon the earth, both of fowl and of cattle and of beasts and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, and every man, all in whose nostrils was the breath of life, of all that was in the dry land, died. Let's pray together. My Heavenly Father, Jesus, in your name, Lord, we come to you as a church. And Lord, we come, Lord, to hear your word today, to worship your name, Lord, to fellowship with each other. I pray, Lord, this morning you would open our hearts to receive this word that you've given us. Lord, please help me to preach it. Lord, have it to be by grace alone. It certainly is not by merit, by strength or power. Lord, I pray you would do something among us this morning. And God, that you would speak to us. And if there be a heart here that's hungry for the truth, I pray, Lord, they'll find what they're looking for. And Lord, if there's a heart who's not hungry, I pray they'll turn into a seeker. And they'll realize, Lord, that you once judged the earth and all the flesh and all mankind died except Noah and his family. And Lord, I pray that we'll hear this as a great warning. And Lord, we'll repent and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. Have your word to be heard and believed upon this morning. In your name, Jesus, we ask these things. Amen. This was, a, this was the worst disaster that the earth has ever had. We're talking over millions of people died. This, this is not some like, you know, like chintzy Sunday school story that we just teach our kids. This was a huge event in the history of the planet. The whole earth was flooded. And everybody that lived and everything that crawled or walked upon the face of the earth died except Noah, his family, and those that were in the ark. This was a huge event that took place in earth's history. This morning I'm not going to get into the apologetics or the defense of the flood in regards to the earth. I've done that before. I may do it again if God would help me. But you can even look at the world's geography and you could see the the, uh, the remnants of that great day when the rains came from heaven. I want you to realize, though, and think about it, we often think about the, we th- we think about the flood, and we think about the ark, and we, 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 you know, in Sunday school you would draw your little rainbow and you have little cute animals going in. Praise God for God's amazing grace. Amen. 
I mean, thank God, though, there was a, they had time to repent and to believe God's Word. They could have been saved. But the main point of this story that you and I should realize this morning is God's incredible wrath and anger over the sinfulness of the world at the time. This is a story about God's wrath over sin, God's hot anger over unrighteousness, mixed in, praise God, with His grace and mercy, leaving the door open for anyone who would come in. And the same applies today, amen? The Bible says that God is continually angry with the wicked. Did you hear that? God is daily angry with the wicked. But in spite of His anger over sin, anger over your sin, you might think this morning, well, God's not mad at me. God is angry over your sin. And the only way to escape His hot wrath, His fierce anger, is through His mercy and grace, and through the person, His dear Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. The only way to escape the judgment of God is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. He is now the ark that you should enter into to escape the wrath to come. Amen? But this is the story of God's hot, fierce anger over sin and wickedness on the earth. I was studying this, preparing for this sermon this morning. The subject is so vast, it's so much bigger than me. I don't even, I don't, I'm sure not one sermon can encompass all of the truth that is here. But I kept thinking, why didn't they just get on the ark? Why didn't they get on it? We believe, because God's, the Bible says the passage at the beginning of chapter 6, that God's Spirit shall not always strive with man. In verse number 3, and the Bible says, yet his days shall be 120 years. So the thinking is that Noah began to build the ark, and it was 120 years that Noah built the ark. And so Noah's building the ark for 120 years, and the Bible also says in the New Testament, he is a preacher of righteousness. So he's not just building, he's preaching. He's building an ark and he's preaching and he's saying, flee the wrath to come. There's a flood coming. God told Noah there's a flood coming. And Noah's telling them there's a flood coming. And I know they think it's rather foolish, just like it is today, amen, that this activity even this morning is considered by the world and by the masses rather foolish. But why didn't they just get on the ark Well, the reason is they did not have faith to get on the ark. They thought it was silly to get on the ark. They thought it was foolish to get on the ark. They thought they didn't believe that God was going to do what He was going to do. And it was their unbelief that kept them from getting on the ark. Their unbelief kept them from getting on the ark and being saved. And I thought, what was their excuse? it's always unbelief, but there's, there's always these stumbling blocks, reasons why we don't believe. And I'm sure some said, well, I'm not getting on there with Ham, Noah's son, because Ham's a hypocrite. And I'm not getting on the ark with no hypocrite. And Japheth, he, he's a smart aleck, and I'm not going to get on there with and Noah's wife. I really don't care for her, so I'm not going to get on the ark because of Noah's family. I'm not going to get on that ark because of them. You ever heard that before? I've heard that, haven't you? I'm sure others said, I don't like the way the ark looks. I don't really like the color. I don't really care for the way the ark is decorated. 
Seems kind of run down to me. I wouldn't have built it like that. I'm sure there was a lot of skeptics and critics, for one, that it was being built, that just the mere existence of it was an insult to some of their behavior, that just the whole idea that it set up there and is being built was a, was a blatant condemnation to their lifestyle, their sins, their perversions, their violence. Just the sight of it, I'm sure, angered many people. Well, I'm not getting to that thing. Those bigots, those fools, I'm not getting that ark. I'm sure others said, I, I don't like the way they do things in that ark. I don't like the songs they sing there. I don't like the style of music they have. I don't really care for their order of service. I'm not, I'm not really interested in the way they operate things there in the ark. I'm not getting on that ark. I'm sure others said, Noah, you know, he's, he's, not, the, he's not the best preacher. I don't believe I'll go there. Noah's not the best preacher. And he's okay. He's all right. He's a good carpenter, but he has no business preaching. He can build a boat, but he can't preach worth a lick. Maybe if his preaching was more eloquent. Maybe if it was more fancy or is more educated. If Noah went to seminary, then maybe I'd listen to him. If Noah was a little bit older, maybe, maybe I'm not going to listen to him. He's younger than me. Listen, it don't matter what Noah looks like. It don't matter what Noah sounds like. It don't matter how old Noah is. But what is Noah saying? I don't really care for Noah, I'm sure some said. I bet you some moms were saying, are there any activities for my kids to do on the ark? Because if they don't really have activities, I'm not going to get on that ark. I'm not going to take my kids inside. They don't have a slide. They don't do this. They don't go over there. Do they have everything? You know, I have kids, and I want my kids to have experiences. And if we're going to go on the ark, then I really want to make sure that there's experiences that my kids could have when I get on the ark. I don't believe I'll go, though. I might have to make my kids, you know, be quiet sometimes, or I might have to, I won't let them, they can't play in the scorpion pit of the ark, so I don't really think that I'll take my kids there. I'm sure others said, uh, what will my friends think if I get on the ark? What, what will they think if I go there? What will my buddies think if I walk through the door of the ark and I'm the only one doing it? So they didn't go. You know what they're forgetting? The ark wasn't for their entertainment. The ark wasn't for a social place. The ark wasn't a place that's supposed to look according to the way they think it should look. The ark wasn't a place so your kids can go have a good time in. The ark wasn't a place where uh, you might hear the greatest, most eloquent educated sermon from Noah. It might not be like that, but the ark was a place that would save you. That's the point of the ark. You know, you can find all kinds of reasons to avoid the gospel of Jesus Christ, and most people do. They can pick and they can poke and they can find all types of reasons to not believe on Jesus Christ. But I always ask people, and I think in my heart, what does that have to do with you believing on the Lord Jesus Christ? So there's hypocrites at Westside. Amen, there are, ain't there? Amen? No amens? (laughs) There's people at Westside that have made mistakes. Amen? But listen, I don't go to Westside because... That, that Bryson's perfect, I go to Westside because Jesus Christ is perfect. Amen? Because I want to be on the ark, don't you? 
You all can do what you want to do. It's between me and Jesus Christ. Why didn't they get on the ark? Because of their unbelief. They found many reasons, I'm sure, to excuse their unbelief. But if you believe something, you don't care what people think. If you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, then you don't care what they don't have. Listen, I would gather and worship Jesus in a muddy ditch. I would gather as a church family in a snowstorm. I would gather with the saints in a dark night. I would gather here at Westside if the pews were not padded. I would gather and be with the body of Christ if we had no PA system. If the, if the air conditioning system went down and there was no way that we could ever get it repaired, I would still gather with the saints here at Westside. If we had no food at homecoming, I'd still go to homecoming. Amen? If, if we didn't do this or didn't do that, that has nothing to do with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nothing. It's about Jesus. Amen? I just went on the ark, don't you? I just want my family on the ark. That's it. That's it. That date. You know, some people would say, well, I think I would get on the ark. But the stats are not in your favor. Because only eight people got on the ark that day. You know that? Eight people did. The stats are not in your favor. And I I want... I want to provoke you to jealousy this morning. If you don't know Jesus, listen to what Jesus says about you. Few there be that find it. Few. Few. Run to Jesus. Amen? Run to Him. Now that date. Look at verse, chapter 7, verse 11. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the seventh day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened. There's a specific date. They, why do they know that? Because they never forgot what happened that day. When, when Noah and his family entered the ark, and God shut the door, and when the fountains of the great broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened, when it had never rained before, when something happened that had never happened before, they never forgot that date, ever. Some of you, you're alive then, you remember September, right? September the 11th, 9-11, 2001. As long as you and I live, we will never forget that date, will we? Never. These people, this family, that date, they will never forget the day that God shut the door and the rains from heaven fell and the waters gushed, gushed up from the earth and, the, and probably multitudes banging on the door of the ark and people wading in the water and families floating on a dresser and trying to find the last little bit of high ground they could find and families are drowning and kids are drowning and papaws are drowning and mammals are drowning and that nice neighbor, people are dying. Do you know this? Whole generations getting wiped out. They're dying. Their cats are dying, their dogs are dying, their fur babies are dying. They are drowning in the flood. They are drowning in God's wrath. 
Noah's family never forgot that day. When the rain fell and the water come up and those people out there are drowning and they can't get in and they're banging on the ark door probably, they can't get in. It is too late. It's too late. That's sad, isn't it? It's sad. And they had every opportunity to get in. You know, there's also coming another date and one day it'll be too late for you. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and that date comes, it's appointed a man who wants to die and after this the judgment, it will be too late for you. And right now that God is offering you an opportunity while you're living and while you're breathing, before His wrath comes upon you and His judgment is pronounced on you, God is offering an opportunity through His Son, Jesus Christ. If any one of you will be in Jesus, you'll be a new creature. You'll have everlasting life. But there is coming a date that you'll never forget. You'll never forget. In the book of Acts, chapter 17, verse 31, the Bible says, Because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained. Not only is there coming a day of death for all of us, there is coming a day of judgment, and Jesus Christ will judge the world in his righteousness. There is coming a day. There is that date. I hope and pray you're prepared to die. I hope and pray you're prepared to meet the Lord. Because if you're not, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Amen? You shall be saved. You know, when I think about these people drowning in that water, I think about the masses in hell right now, don't you? And they're swimming in a lake of fire and it's dark and it's utter darkness and there's wailing and there's gnashing of teeth. And those people right now, down there right now, do you know that? Below your feet, below your feet right now, down there in hell, is millions in agony because there was a date that they were not prepared for. This is what this is about. Do you know that? This is, the, this is, what, this is what the story is about. And some of you probably sit here in unbelief or unaware or you're indifferent or you're apathetic and you're just sitting here because you're just in church. And that's the same thing that Noah's neighbors were doing. Same thing. And they were sitting around watching him and the, they were going in and out of the ark and they were taking the finishing touches. And you know what God is doing right now on his church? The church is now, you could say, the ark of Jesus Christ. You've got to be in the body. I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not talking about being a church member. I'm talking about being in the body of Jesus Christ, being baptized in Him, being a part of His body, His church right now. And people could care less that there is coming a day where God will judge the sinfulness of man. And Noah's neighbors were indifferent, just like some of us. Noah's friends could care less, just like some that we know, but we know there's coming a day, amen, where God will judge the sinfulness of man. You think, well, maybe they learned their lesson. You know, the, thank God that, that Noah, he, his family got in the ark, and they, God set them on Mount, Mount Ariat, and then the dove, we know the story, how the dove brought back green, and then eventually Noah and his family got out of the ark, 
And God said, I want you to replenish the earth. I, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. And God's grace and mercy, His redemptive plan, it was like a new heaven and a new earth. And it was, it was a new world. And you would think, well, they must have learned their lesson because they'll never do that again because there was a flood. But sadly, we have not learned our lesson, have we? We've not learned our lesson. You know that the parts in the Bible in, in the book of Genesis where, you know, uh, Sham begat so-and-so and he begat so-and-so. It's interesting because the Bible says that Shem, Shem, Noah's son, lived 600 years. Now what's interesting about that, that, that puts Shem, Noah's son, Shem was on the ark. Noah was on the ark. Noah and Shem both lived long enough, they lived during the life of Abraham. So Abraham could have talked to Noah. Abraham could have talked to Shem. Shem outlived Noah, and Shem, Noah's son, who was on the ark, got in the ark, survived the flood, walked out of the ark on dry land. Shem lived long enough to, for Jacob to be 30-something years old when Shem finally died. So the, Jacob could have visited Shem, and he could have said, Jacob the patriarch, he could have said, what was it like during the flood? You would think, well, we've learned our lesson, haven't we? But have we learned our lesson? And the answer is... No, we have not learned our lesson, have we? We haven't at all. If you turn to the book of Matthew, Jesus says this about the flood. Matthew chapter number 24, verse number 36. The question is, have we learned our lesson? Because they didn't, but have we? Matthew chapter 24, verse number 36. Here's what Jesus says about our day. But of that day and hour knoweth no man the day of God's judgment, the day of the Lord. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Jesus is coming back again, amen? Noah said the rain's going to come, and maybe Shem said amen. No, most people didn't. But as the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Jesus is coming back, amen? But what was it like in the days of Noah? For as in the days of Noah that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the, day of the, until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Are you ready? That's the question. Because the flood's coming, just like it was in the days of Noah. And Jesus Christ is coming, and there's going to be a date, and there's going to be a time, and He's coming in an hour that you think not, and He's coming. Something many people are saying, I've never seen that before. I've never seen Jesus come in a cloud of glory. That can't happen. I've never seen that before. Do you really think that you're basing what can and cannot happen just on what you've seen before? You're basing your life experience on an eternal decision that you think, well, since you've not seen it before, since nobody's seen that before, that can't happen. I want to ask what some old-timers would ask me, how old are you? Oh, well, I'm 60. Wow, 60 years of human experience compared to 6,000 years of human existence. And the eternal Word of God and Jesus who spoke of these things and was crucified and was buried and arose from the dead. Now His Word is validated by His resurrected life. Now here the world comes along. We say, oh, that can't happen. The arrogance of man. That can't happen. I've never seen that before. Well, when I see things I've never seen before, I think, wow, I've never seen that before. I say, wow. And there's going to a lot of be a lot of people, listen to me, there's going to be a lot of people in that day, in that hour, they're not going to say, wow. They're going to say, oh, no. Oh, no. 
Are you ready? Now Peter said in 2 Peter chapter number 3, he comments on the same subject. And Peter says this in verse number 3, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lust. We got that now, don't we, Ruth? We got a lot of scoffers, don't we, Bashy? A lot of laughers. A lot of mockers. People making fun. We got a lot of sleepers today, don't we? A lot of people don't care today. Because you know why? I've never seen it like that before. A lot of people who make light of it today, don't they? That just like it was in the days of Noah, people make it out of Noah building a boat and it never rained before. And here comes Noah and he says, and I know what he feels. He's fixing to say it and nobody's going to believe it. He knows it's true and they're not going to believe it. You would think they jumped 10 feet high, but they won't even awake to hear it. And Noah probably said, hey, there's coming a flood and he's going to judge the world. And he knows they don't even care and he knows it, but he has to say it because he's doing the will of God. And he says, hey, there's coming a flood and everybody's going to die. And he knows they're not even listening and they don't even care. And he preached that way 120 years. And the only converts he had was his own family. Peter said in the last days there's going to be a lot of scoffers walking after their own lust. In the days of Noah, what? Their imagination was wicked continually. Violence was over all the earth. They did whatever they wanted to. Walking after their own lust, Peter says. Verse number 4, here's what they're going to say in the last days. Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. They said, where is all this you're talking about? Everything's been the same. But here, Peter says, they're willingly ignorant of what? Of the flood. Everything's not always been the same. God's not always put up with it. God has judged the world before. They're ignorant of this fact that God has not always turned a blind eye. That God has not always let it go. God has not always let it go unpunished. That's what Peter's saying. You think you've gotten away with it, but Peter says you're ignorant of the fact that there was a flood and there was a time that God did not allow them to get away with it. That's what Peter's saying. For this they are willingly ignorant of, for by the word of God the heavens were of old, the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. What is he saying? He said, hey, the world changed. The world was different and then it changed. And here the New Testament says, one of these days there's going to be a change. One of these days it's going to be different. Here's what the Bible's saying in this generation. It's not going to stay like it is. Don't be deceived by that. Don't be thinking just because it's the way it's been in your life that this is the way it's going to be. I mean, not that long ago the New Testament says that God is going to destroy the world in fervent heat and fire. He's going to burn this place up. People said, oh, that can't happen. And every time I turn on the news, and every time I see a headline, they say the earth is warming up and it won't be long. Everybody will be dead. People are more worried about climate change than they are about the wrath and anger of God. I say, oh, they said to me years ago that can't happen, and now they're saying, hey, the world's changing. Everything's going to be different. And now they're suggesting there's a possibility that things won't continue on as they are. Verse number 8. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, 
that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. What that means is God don't care about time like you do. Verse 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know what they're mocking? Because it hadn't happened yet, they use it as a reason to say it's not going to happen. Because the day of the Lord hadn't happened yet. They're saying it cannot happen. But God is saying the only reason it hadn't happened is because He's long-suffering and He's waiting on that little boy to come to Jesus. That's why it hadn't happened yet. He's waiting on that mom to come to Jesus. That's why it hadn't happened yet. Noah built the ark for 120 years and seven days even after that when it was done, God was still saying, come, come into the door. Come to the door and be saved. And I bet you when Noah built the ark, somebody mocked him and said, it ain't even raining, Noah. You built the ark and it's not even raining. And Noah was thinking, you better be glad it ain't raining yet. You better be glad it's not raining yet. In the last days, scoffers are saying this, Jesus ain't coming back. Y'all been saying that for a long time. I say to them, you better be glad he ain't coming back yet because you're not ready. You're not ready. Are you ready? Now think about it. Are you ready for the day of the Lord? Are you ready? If you died right now, are you ready? Now think about it, really. Because you're not promised tomorrow. You could die today. You know that? Are you ready to go? If you died right now, would you go to heaven or hell? If you died right now, if you dropped dead like that, would you wake up in glory? Or would you wake up in a devil's hell? Are you ready? I pray you're ready. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10, I'm about through. Peter says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. It'll come when you're not ready. In which the heavens shall pass away with great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Peter's saying, Hey, since the Lord's coming, what... Type of, what type of person should you be? If, if you believe He's coming, then you'll be ready for Him. Here's what faith does. I believe Jesus is coming. I better get to know Him now before He comes in judgment. Here's what unbelief does. Oh, they've been saying it a long time. I don't think I even believe on Him. I don't believe none of this. Then you're not ready. You're not prepared to meet the Lord. He's coming back, amen? Some would say, oh, they've been saying that a long time. Yeah, because he's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. Amen? Amen. Jesus Christ is the ark. Jesus Christ is the door. He's the way. He's the truth and the life. And nobody can come to the Father except by him. Salvation and forgiveness of sins and everlasting life is only through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. 
And he died on a cross for your sins and took your judgment. So God's wrath has been satisfied in the person of his own son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And now, God, if you would receive him by faith, God will no longer be angry with you because he extinguished his anger on his beloved son on Mount Calvary. Jesus died, was buried, and he arose again the third day. And whosoever believeth upon him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen? Are you in Jesus Christ? Because if not, you will perish. You will perish. Hey, next time there's a rainbow in the sky, I want you to think about that God put his bow in the sky and he will never again judge the world by water. Never again. But it does not mean that God will never again judge the world so next time you see a rainbow I want you to think yes he won't judge the world by water what does that mean then but it means he will judge the world by another means so when you say wow that gives me so much hope listen you better get ready think about that rainbow and you think God did it once God judged the whole world he already did it don't think that God can't do it again. Don't think He can't. Because He will. He will. Let's stand to our feet. What song, Bryson?